0: morning everybody and welcome to living astrology with janet hickox it's time to grab your cup of coffee or your tea sit back and relax and we can talk about what is going on in the stars above for this week and also for today happy new moon in scorpio day it is interesting right new moons uh i i was paying attention this week this weekend to things that were coming up and what have you, nothing was coming up. So I was thinking, oh, maybe I'm skating through this new moon. But then this morning, lying in bed about 5.30, of course, you know, you always, you want to sleep in and you can't because, you know, there's things going on in your head. All of the baggage started coming up. It was so weird because things were coming up from 20 years ago. 20 years ago, stuff that I was still blaming myself for, maybe, or still holding on to. This is what the new moon in Scorpio is really good for. It's good for letting go of things. And I had no idea that I was still holding on to some guilt and shame about some things that happened back 20 years ago. You would think it would be gone. (laughs) You would think I would be done with it. And uh, no, it was coming up. And it was interesting too, because I wasn't necessarily, it was coming up definitely, but it wasn't coming up in a way that made me feel like I had to re-experience it all. It was a little more objective, but there was still quite a bit of emotion uh, caught up in these things that I was feeling. It was in my gut, right, right here in my emotional solar plexus, perhaps you could call it. And it made me feel like I wanted to vomit. Right. And I went, how interesting, right. It's a way of purging from your life, these things that you're holding on to. So even if it's been drama, as Nico says, even though it could be like unbelievably, uh, uh, unexpected, um, uh, it's there for us to work through. And it's the, I mean, when I'm talking about old stuff, I'm talking about stuff that happened back in 2003, 2004, maybe up a, a couple of things, maybe 2007, where I felt betrayed, where I felt shamed, where I felt um, like I had made bad decisions. Woo! right? And it was still stuck here in me. So I'm like, okay, let's weed the garden. Let's let that one go. Let's let that one go. Whoop, That's gone. But it's deep stuff. And that's what may be coming up for people. And any drama in your life uh, around anything is probably related to something you're holding on to. And the new moon always offers us up an opportunity to do something new, to be new, to set intentions for getting beyond, right? Getting beyond your bad self, right? Or your guilt or your shame or your betrayals or your grievances, your unforgiveness. That was the thing that I finally came down to before I actually got out of bed was about forgiving myself forgiving myself for not paying attention to a dream that i had that warned me against doing something uh forgiving myself for uh not for for putting my family in some kind of uh jeopardy and on and on and on and on and on and on all these things coming up and i'm laughing now but at the moment i was feeling it it was kind of one of those feelings like are, are you still serious? I'm still dealing with this? So opening up, right? Cracking open the heart, cracking open the soul, cracking open the emotions to discover what it is that you're still holding on to that is no longer serving you. And I didn't think I had much there, right? I mean, the one thing the last couple of years have taught me is that a lot of emotion just rolls out of me. And that in the end, that's a good thing, because I'm not holding on to it. But I didn't realize how much there was still that I was holding on to and from so long ago, that it had had been buried very deeply, right? So I hope all of you are having a great new moon. But if there's stuff coming up, be willing to look at it, look through it, right to be able to you know, take it in and or take in a new way of looking at this, maybe forgiving yourself for this or being thankful for the blessings in the experiences. Like I wouldn't be where I am today if I hadn't experienced the things I did 20 years ago. That's just a given. None of you would be. Right. So we have to be thankful on one hand for those experiences. But on the other hand, when those things come up and what's exposed is this still uh, small voice that's blaming or shaming or, you know, telling you lies. You got to let it go. So this new moon, we're letting it all go. Just let it go. I feel like breaking into song, except I don't sing very well. (laughs) I think it's probably better if I don't burst into song. (laughs) All right. Let's say good morning to people who are popping in for us. Good morning, Terry and Teddy. It's always great to have my favorite twins here with me. Nico, it says, it's been drama. Mars definitely came to visit my family. A huge fight. Yikes, Nico. I'm so sorry to hear that. But what did you find out in that? Right? Once you can get beyond the emotional outburst of it all, what have you learned um, about yourself, about your family members, about maybe the family dynamic in the bigger picture, maybe ancestral line. Is this something, an old pattern? Ooh, Good stuff, right? Good morning, Joan Durchie. It's good to see you. Happy Monday to you as well. Tom, hello there. Asa, good to have you with us this morning. Natasha says, what deep inner clearings I have been witnessing around me and in me. I'm grateful for these moments as I weave through thoughts. Yes, Natasha, absolutely, absolutely, right? I don't think we get to um, move through life without these things coming up. And what we're doing is bringing more light, more consciousness. Consciousness equals light, equals awareness to these parts of ourselves that we've pushed down, right? And, you know, sometimes it's all about the karma. And I'm telling you, I am not coming back to this planet to replay karma. I don't want to, right? I don't want to do that. So I want to clear it now, whatever it is. Let me clear it now. Now that doesn't mean I won't come back and and have something to do. But at the same time, I'm choosing consciously to work through whatever it is that is still in my unconscious mind, perhaps, or in my emotional field that I need to let go of. Julie, good morning, and Pam Zaruba, good morning to you as well, and anybody else out there listening who hasn't yet checked in with us in the chat, it is great to have you with us. So today, I really don't know that I need to go through the moon all that much. I mean, we are in the moon, the moon is in Scorpio until later this afternoon, at least my time. Uh, It looks like 6.24 p.m., so 9.24 p.m. for those of you on the East Coast. So all day, literally, we're in that scorpionic energy, right? And at some point, the moon will go into the void. Let's see, today is November 13th. She will go into the void at 3.04 p.m., which means that we'll be left with some really deep new moon energies for the rest of the day. So giving us plenty of opportunities to let it come up and to let it out and to understand ourselves in a better, more deep way. And, you know, once you clear all of these things, by the way, this isn't just so you can blame shame game yourself, right? That that it's not really about that. It's about the things that are covering up your light, the things that are covering up your passion, right? The things that stop you from doing what you want to do or be who you want to be. That's why it comes up. And if it didn't come up, then forever you might be unconscious about why it is certain things are happening or why certain things don't work out the way that you planned or why you seem to feel like nothing ever goes your way. So many different things, right? So it's definitely worth letting it go. And then the moon this evening will transit into the sign of Sagittarius. That brings us a restoration of optimism. Sagittarius ruled by Jupiter the planet of optimism, of growth, and the spiraling of consciousness as we evolve through the things that we have held in the dark, right? So we have a return to that, you know, feeling good energy, but is it really truly feeling good energy if you don't clear the things that came up? I don't know, right? I don't know. Certainly, We would at some point expect that you are going to have to um, move through the consciousness that is stuck in there, right, or move through whatever it is the fear, uh, the blocks, the limiting thinking. The betrayals, the grievances, the unforgivenesses are going to have to move through them all. That is the beauty of the moment is that now we can, you know, it's coming up. Like I, those things that came up for me this morning remained hidden until 530 this morning. I mean, yeah, of course I experienced them years ago, but I didn't know I was still holding on to them and it came up unbidden. I wasn't thinking about, oh, well, what are my shadows that I want to work through? No. It doesn't work that way usually. It just came up. Boom, there it was. Yeah. And hopefully, for all of you, you've got some things coming up that you can work through. And then you move on into the moon in, in Sagittarius, and we begin to restore our optimism. We see the path of growth, and we are able to embrace the more positive aspects right? And that is something interesting we're going to talk about today too. So I'm not going to go deep into the moon in Sagittarius. Just know it's more optimistic. There's opportunities to really claim the more positive expression of the things that um, you're expressing. And remember, the new moon is always about setting intentions. So what is the intention that you have about digging deep, finding your passion, expressing your passion, living your authentic self, all of that. What is that, that new moon intention? And then begin to grow that in the next few days. But today, I also want to talk about your personal genius, because this is a yesterday. We began a week of the sun in the gate 43 in your human design, which is called the Gate of Insight. always think of it as the gate of uh, brilliance or genius i believe in uh, the gene keys it literally is you know the gate of genius in the highest expression you're all geniuses you all carry this gate and have access to genius energy and then the earth is sitting at the gate 23 and the gate 23 is the gate exactly opposite of the gate 43 in the the human design uh, graph or body graph, right? The 43 sits at the tip of the ajna, pointing down toward the throat, and the 23 points up at the the 43 into the ajna. So we have the sun and earth completing a channel in your human design this week. So we're all freaking geniuses, right? Right? And when I say genius, I'm not really talking about your IQ. I'm not talking about the amount of brains that you have or the thought processes that you have. I'm really not. I'm talking about your breakthrough moments. I'm talking about your the level of your genius, right? Your specific insights that are completely unique to you. So we're gonna talk about the 43 and the 23. And then oh, over the weekend, um, well, I've been working on a project, and then the internet went down. We had a huge windstorm Friday night, and um, you would have thought if the power or the cable internet were going to go out, it would have done it Friday night into Saturday morning, but by the time I got up in the morning, the storm was over, and about two or three hours later, boom, out goes the internet. And the cable, in this case, even the TV. So I I really didn't have any choice about what it was that I was going to work on. Uh, the things I was working on, by the way, were things that I needed the internet for. So I decided, yeah, well, let's go old school. So I picked up a book. And the book was called uh, Understanding Yod's or something like that. And it was a book that I uh, pulled out of my bookshelf the other day because I wanted to read it. I set it aside here on my desk, but just didn't have the time to get to it. And still was finding I didn't have the time to get to it. And then I went, Oh, yeah, I have this book I want to read. So I sat down with this book. And it reminded me of some really interesting astrological concepts that I wanna talk about today. The first of which is called an inconjunct. And the inconjunct, um, Tom, you'll love this, the inconjunct is also the nicer way to say a quincunx. (laughs) And quincunx is so difficult to say that I'm just gonna say inconjunct (laughs) because it's it's easier, far less difficulty, right? And when we're talking about inconjuncts in astrology, most of the time, you will hear it kind of relegated to a minor aspect, and I want to talk about why that's so not uh true, right? So not true, so not true. It should be elevated uh in our estimation uh, from minor to major because of the nature of it. and so we're gonna i'm gonna show you a graphic and we'll talk about the inconjuncts. And then in the process of reading this book, um, the author took us back to a time before the 1800s when astrologers would consider different aspects. Remember, we've talked about things like trines and sextiles and uh, oppositions and squares, where they would consider that not as aspects between planets, but between signs. So if uh, you had planets in Gemini and planets in um, Aquarius, they would naturally, no matter what degree they sat at, they would naturally be in a trine because they're both air signs. Gemini is air, Aquarius is air. Like elements in the astrology chart become trines. And I think that is so fascinating, right? Fascinating. Fascinating. So we're going to talk a little bit more about that this morning as well. Uh, Okay, so good morning, Sue McCarthy and Mermaid Infinity Rainbow. She says it's been very emotional for her. I'm a Scorpio. Mm. I told my husband that basically being in this energy is like being in a room full of me with all of my different personalities and emotions. LOL, that is so funny because that's true right? It's true. And it's intense, no doubt about it, right? There's that intensity that comes from having to face all of you, right? All the facets of you, but doing it with kindness and compassion rather than blaming and shaming yourself, right? We do that enough. Good morning, Tracy Evans. Tom says, I'm making a list of healing the fears I'm experiencing. Some I'm still experiencing after all these years. I don't refer to them as mine. They are not mine, I don't possess them in a way you're absolutely correct. You experience them, right? Or you're holding on to them as if you own them. But that is uh, one good way to look at that. Good morning, Christine. And Pam says, if we could all remember to do that, what a wonderful world it would be. Indeed, right? We would all be living in our joy. We would all be living clear, right? Clear. Clear. Uh, Okay, so let's talk a little bit more about the transiting sun at the gate 43. Now, the 43, again, is on the Ajna, the second center down in your human design, and the gate is at the very tip of it. It's moving down toward the throat center. So you can already kind of establish in your mind what's happening here is that our Genius thoughts or genius ideas and inspiration, having come in from the very top center, the head center, moving through the thinking capacity of the Ajna, is now ready or wanting to move into the throat center to be expressed, to be communicated, to be manifested in the case of an idea, perhaps, right? And it's right now coming out through the um, very unique to you channel right sometimes in human design the 43 to the 23 the uh ajna down to the throat we we kind of in fun call it the freak to genius channel because it's a place in our human design where our uniqueness shines out right to the world or is brought out and it's it's useful to remember that the 23 the gate that it connects to is where the earth is this week is on the throat center and so we have this assimilation energy that's what the 23 is all about bringing in the insight assimilating it and then sharing it right we're not able to go direct from in most cases genius to assimilation without taking some time and in taking time it helps us to get our thoughts together it helps us to get you know, some of the truths together that, that we want to express. And anytime we're dealing with the throat center in human design, even if your throat is defined, it works best when it is invited out of us, because it helps us to remain around the people that will be open to receiving our ideas, or receiving our inspiration, our knowledge, our wisdom, our voice right cuz if we share you know our brilliance with people that don't get us then all of that brilliance goes nowhere in fact it might even make you feel like no one ever listens to me or feel like you're not valued or you're not worthy so we want to be very careful this week with the way that we share our aha moments with others we want to share them with the right people in the right timing, in the right way, and doing it with an invitation helps us to make sure we're sharing that energy in the right way so that we can be seen and heard and validated, right? So the gate 43, it represents our uh, light, right? Our light in the world and how we bring that light out. We bring our light out through the throat center right? Because in this universe or on this planet, it's all about what we say turning into a creative effect, right? So if it represents our identity, our vitality, and our purpose, then we want to make sure that we are being illuminated in the right way, right? That we are breaking through to the right people in the right time, in the right way, with the right idea. And that comes with that invitation. So we have this huge potential this week for breakthroughs, for illumination. Uh Aha, the light turns on, right? Innovation, invention, uniqueness, eccentricity, right? A lot of words that we could use here to describe the impact that this week might have. Now in human design, the gate 43, where the sun is is, call, is, is kind of called individual knowing, right? There are different mm, circuits, and, and I don't talk much about the circuitry because I just think it does make things a little more complex in human design, but it's part of this individual uh, energy of knowing, and sometimes it is the energy of, I don't know how I know what I know, I just know. I don't know. That's just as valid as I know. (laughs) Maybe even more. In human design, we have three ways of knowing. And really, this is about the human template. It's not just about human design, but the human capacity for knowing comes three different ways. One is logic, where we just where we recognize a pattern and how it repeats itself. And from that vantage point, we can sort of predict the outcome. Or what comes next? What do we do next? Well, based on this pattern, this is what I do next. Then there is knowingness. And this is kind of what we're talking about here. This, I don't know how I know. I don't know where this brilliant idea came from. It just came. I don't know how I know, but I know. And it's valid. It's a second way that we know, right? Just plain knowingness. And the third one is intuitive or intuition, instinct right? It's the body wisdom. So we have these distinct ways, these three distinct ways of knowing. You kind of embody all of them, but we artificially rely on logic because that's how we've been taught. That's what the age that we have been in has taught us. Science, the mind, psychology, right? We we have this specific way of dealing with information which then kind of leaves the other two uh relegated to the closet or to you know can be subjected to scorn from others when you do things and they ask you why you did that and you're like i don't know i just knew that was the right thing to do right so remember you have this three fur thing going on and every one of you have access to this individual knowing, no matter what your human design looks like or what circuitry is lit up in your chart. We all have this ability, this individual knowing to tap into our genius, right? Genius is really about what's in your genes that is unique to you, the traits, the qualities that you have, right? Just to give you an example, I'm pretty much a bookworm. Uh, uh my, I live through logic and sensitivity, but sometimes my mind does not go to the, where my husband's mind can go, which is to the creative, to the let's fix that fan that stopped working and take it apart and see what makes it tick and put it back together and then have it fixed. I couldn't do it. I mean, if I took it apart, I'd probably break it. That's his genius. My genius is in facts and figures and information. But we all have a genius. And sometimes we sit in our genius and we wish for a different type of genius, right? Sometimes I, I watch him do things like that and I'm like, damn, I wish I could do that. Um, but that isn't my genius. It doesn't mean I couldn't do it. It just means that I'd rather not mess it up. <laughs> so, I don't do it. But when it comes to a question somebody might ask me about something, I'm right there with it. How do I fix my phone? Well, I know how to do that, right? So, we all have genius. You have a genius. Live in your genius. Now, the thing is, this gate also carries the challenge of communicating the genius, right? Communicating your insights to others who may not understand or appreciate them. Who may not get you, and that's a thing. This week can actually kind of exaggerate that feeling that you have—that I don't fit in, nobody understands me, I don't think like other people do, I don't behave like other people do—and then somehow feeling marginalized or segregated from everybody because of it. So that can be a part of the uh, experience as well. And all I can say is when that comes up, you just have to be able to pat yourself self, self on the back and say, okay, this is who I am, right? I appreciate me for these brilliant insights I get. And I'm not going to share that brilliance with people that don't get me. I don't have to, right? As bad as I wanna be heard, seen, valued, recognized for my brilliance, if I'm in a room full of people that don't understand astrology, I'm going to work overly hard to try to get them to understand. If it's a room full of fundamental Christians who believe that what I'm doing is against God, hmm, would I even waste my time or my breath or my effort? No, my genius is not going to land with those particular types of people. They have their own thought processes. So I'm much better off and a whole lot less frustrated by sharing it with people like you who are open minded who want to hear about these things, right? So therefore, be selective and be patient with the, the right people that will get you, that are your tribe, if you will. They will come, right? You will find yourself around those people and then able to share your ideas because they will understand. They will want to pull you into the conversation. They will want you to share more. I want to know more about human design. I want to know more about astrology. I want to know more about how to fix things that are broken, right? So you have to trust that what you have in terms of genius will land with the right people in the right time. That is just kind of how the world goes. And if you keep finding yourself around people that don't want to hear what you have to say, it might be a call from your soul to get around different people, right? Change your community. Find a different tribe to hang out with. So there we have that. So be selective in who, in who you share and how you share your genius and brilliance with, your ideas with. Trust your own inner authority. And what I mean by that is the term that we use in human design, that the decision-making properties are about your type and strategy and your authority. How do you make those choices? Hold on. I feel like I'm going to sneeze. Validation. Uh, So fall back to what is your truth, right? Where is my power? And if my power is emotional then I need to take some time and get some clarity around what I'm doing to make that decision. If I'm splenic, then I need to go trust my intuition. And if I'm sacral, I need to trust my body wisdom, lots of different things there. And if you don't know what I mean by that, you can certainly go to my website and get your own human design chart and a description of what that means for you. Now, the sun is only one half of the equation here. We also have the earth. They work in tandem, right? The sun shows us the bright light of possibility, while the earth tells us what we need to ground ourselves with in order to embrace that sun's light. And the earth is at the gate 23 on the throat center called the gate of assimilation, Um, In quantum human design, I kind of like the name here in quantum human design, it's called transmission. It makes sense, right? Because the throat is a transmitter, right? We transmit wisdom or we transmit ideas or inspiration, right? So that makes sense. And it is a gate of individual expression, Hmm. right? The other one was individual knowing. The throat the earth is at is individual expression so here is why it's sometimes called the freak to genius channel because we all have this unique way of seeing the world a unique perspective right unique insights right only you can do you right and and only i can do myself there's just no way any one of you can be my genius i have to be my own genius now, the earth transiting in this gate this week can bring a sense of clarity and confidence to your ideas and your inspiration so that you can communicate your truth. Um, even if even if what your truth is goes against the norms or goes against uh, the expectations that others have of you, of, of the expectation of who they think you are, right? But the gate also holds the energy of isolation and rejection because not everybody could be ready or willing to receive your message. And this is why we say we, the throat center works so much better if you wait for the invitation because now you know that at least there's an interest in what you might want to express. And it's easy to do, right? You can question, you can ask questions. Maybe you hear an interesting conversation going on And you can just say, hey, can you tell me more about XYZ? And they draw you into the conversation. And then from there, you get to say, well, I have a unique perspective. Would you want to hear it? And they say, sure, we're sharing great ideas here. You've landed in a place where people are going to accept what you have to say, accept your brilliance, right? It's that easy. Now, those of you who have a defined throat, and that's about 50% of you out there, is it's not a definite that you have to do things this way, but it works so much better when you do, right? Because then you don't come off sounding like a know-it-all, and that's a definite problem here, right? Because you're transmitting what you know, what your insight is, what your brilliance is, and it lands correctly with the right people. So it does work both ways. I mean, it works both ways for you. You can just speak, but it always works better if you wait for that invitation to speak. Um, but this this gate, because of its, uh, because of its potential for rejection, people rejecting your ideas uh, or your, what inspires you, your passion, um, it can cause us to shut down, not speak again just zip your lips. And, you know, believe that people don't, you can start to believe that people don't want to hear what you have to say, which isn't true. Maybe that group of people don't want to hear what you have to say. But there's many, many, many other groups and many, many other souls out here who do, right? So we have to find the right people. Uh, So find the balance between expressing yourself authentically, the right, The true you, right? And assimilating with the collective. Sometimes your ideas are just for you. They're not meant for anyone else. And other times your brilliance is meant to share with the collective. And when you share with the collective from this point of view, you are not needing to uh, compromise your integrity or lose your identity in it, right? But that can, that, that opens up a whole other, uh, can of worms that we could talk about. So I guess the clearest message here is shine in your brilliance and share it only with the right people in the right place in the right time and with an invitation. Uh, real quick, I want to show you in presentation mode here, um, what that looks like in your human design. So here we have a human design chart. Hopefully you guys are all seeing this now. We go back to StreamYard and see. Yep, you are seeing it. Awesome. So here's the gate 43. It is on the Ajna. And the Ajna is the center for thought, for comparing and contrast. It's all the things that we think of that the brain does, right? The cons, pros and cons, the uh, the thinking uh, process, and here is its outlet, right? Its outlet is down into the throat center via the 23. So now some of you may have either 43 or 23 already defined, and that's okay. It just puts a little more emphasis on either one of those gates. As I said, I have the gate 23 defined, but not the 43, so this puts more emphasis, and I even feel myself this morning trying to make it more understandable to all of you about what I'm saying, right, about the the, the work that I'm doing this morning. And that's 23, right, transmitting in a way that makes it simple or sim- more simple for people to understand. The 43, now, if you have that one already defined, and maybe it's just hanging, it doesn't go all the way across like it shows here, then you're already used to sharing brilliance or genius. But maybe you've also noticed that sometimes people don't want to hear what you have to say. And then you kind of start to hold back your, jil- your brilliance and your genius over the course of time. Because no one ever wants to hear what I have to say. No one wants to hear my ideas. Or when people hear my ideas, they laugh at me. Or they don't, worse yet, they don't understand me. But then two weeks later, when someone else says the same thing, they suddenly get that person and that person's brilliant. And then I'm left going, but I said that two weeks ago and you thought it was dumb, right? So we have to be careful that we share in the right timing because our brilliance is here to be expressed, but maybe it's not. And we don't know unless we wait for the invitation. Now, either way, whatever your chart looks like right now, we all have this entire Freak to Genius channel defined at least through, let's see here, the 16th, uh, which is Thursday, right? On Friday, the gates will change, but through Thursday, we are freaking geniuses right? And we are needing to find the outlet via the right people in the right way in the right time to share that with everyone. This is one of the few times actually in human design where we have an entire channel um, defined. Um, Most times we get a gate here and a gate down here somewhere, but when it comes to the 4323, which is always right around this week of November, we have the whole freak to genius channel um or the G- <laughs> the channel of insight okay um uh, to find so everyone all of you no matter how smart you are how <laughs> brilliant you think you are or not have access to genius this week <laughs> so i kind of love that uh, all right. Now, any questions about that? If so, uh, please feel free to you know type your questions into the chat. You can do that on uh, YouTube or on Facebook. And by the way, because I always forget to do this, if you are enjoying this, please hit the thumbs up button um, or the like button if you're on Facebook and also share it. Share the video. Uh, with your friends. And if you're new to the channel on YouTube, please hit the subscribe button. And you can even hit the little bell and get notified when I come on air. And if you're on Facebook, of course, you can always come back to the page and watch the broadcasts because they broadcast live there and on Facebook. I mean, YouTube. And the page is Living Astrology. There we go. Okay, so let's uh, move to a new topic. Now, I'm going to share my screen again, um, but this time we're going to look at an astrology chart because in an astrology, I've got that open. So let's see if I can share it easily. It is a window. No, it isn't in screen. Nope, it is. Okay, let's do this and go back here. And no, boom, that one, woohoo, touchdown. So what you all should be seeing right now, and I'm gonna go back to StreamYard and check, yes, you are seeing the astrology chart. This is a chart of the day, of the moment, right? Of a moment. At about 6.30 this morning, I printed this up. And this is a snapshot then of a moment in time but I I thought it kind of showed something very interesting because I didn't expect all of these in conjuncts to show up. There's three of them here. I only care about two of them, Um, but there's a third one that's over here. And it gave me the opportunity to talk about in conjuncts. When we're looking at an in-conjunct, it is when an angle between planets is at 150 degrees. So it's an angle, an angular relationship. So in this case, what we have is this whole host of planets, the sun, Mars, the moon, and Ceres, all in-conjunct, the north node and Eris, right? I just threw her in at the last second here, but they're all in this in-conjunct. Now, an inconjunct at 152 degrees means that these planets lack any kind of harmony or any kind of compatibility. Um, they just don't get one another. And they don't get one another. And that creates tension or a challenge or frustration, dissatisfaction, all different these words, frustration, anxiety, Uh, in various areas of our life, depending on the planet and the houses that the inconjunct are in. And it can indicate that we, as individuals um, experiencing the inconjunct, have to do some kind of adjusting or become adaptable or flexible. Or in some way, we have to find a compromise path in order to balance these conflicting Needs and desires of these planets, right? And how they're affecting us. Now, um, these are also called quincunxes. So (laughs) you can call it either, but they are considered minor aspects by most astrologers. But I think I want to elevate these to importance. But I also want to illustrate to you, because they're so challenging, right? These are so challenging. And I want to illustrate to you why they're so challenging. So let's just take the first one that I talked about, the Sun, Mars, Moon, and Ceres uh, in Scorpio, right? Now, what do we know about the sign of Scorpio in terms of its qualities, right? Well, we know it's a water sign. We know that it's a fixed water sign, right? It's water is its element, its mode of operation is fixed, So it's loyal, it's steadfast, it holds its ground, it can get stuck, right? Those are kind of things that a fixed sign is like. And it is a negative sign. And when I talk about positive and negative signs, this is not about one being better than the other. In this case, positive is sort of like masculine energy. It pushes outward. It's extroverted it's expanding out into the world where the negative signs are more feminine and are expanding inward, right? They're more introverted energies. It's about the inner realms. So you have an alternating positive and negative sign placement around the wheel. So Scorpio is a Uh, negative sign, then Sagittarius is going to be a positive sign. Capricorn negative, Aquarius positive, and on all the way around the wheel, okay? And again, it is not a value statement. It's not better to be negative, in this case, Scorpio energy versus the energy of Aries, which is positive energy. It's not. It's just how it operates, right? It's more uh, internal. It's more feminine. It's more introverted. It's more self-reflective, um, if you will. And just for get kicks, I threw in the fact that uh, these planets are all at sitting at gate 43. So if you thought you only had sun at gate 43 genius, well, nope. You also have Mars sitting at gate 43 genius, action now placing you in a position of sharing, moving it out into the world. The moon also there, at least for the next several hours today, where we are uh, inwardly pulling out our genius. And then the goddess Ceres, who is the mother goddess, nurturing our genius. Okay. So we have water, Fixed negative and an in conjunct to the north node. And if we look at this, then we have the north node in fire. It's in Aries, right? We have fire and we have cardinal. Cardinals, uh, cardinal sign is an initiating energy, right? It's a moving out, starting something new energy versus Scorpio's fixed. Let's just stay where we are. It's quite comfortable here. And it is fire and positive. It is a masculine energy. It is positive energy. It works on the external world. It pushes out energy. And we find this energy at gate 42, which is an energy that I, in the gene keys, I think I love it the most because it's celebration, right? Celebration. Um, And celebration means that it's a party, right? We're finishing something. So we're celebrating. And that is an important thing for us to remember here too. We have this Aries North Node destiny asking us to complete something, but it's at odds over here with the water fixed negative energy of Scorpio where there is a preponderance of planets at the moment, right? So what we how this translates to us is a challenge we are being challenged to adapt, to adjust our energies of letting go in order to move forward, right? Letting go in order to move forward. And, you know, it's a challenge for humans, right? We we are, we're such interesting creatures, right? We'll hold on to anything, right? Um. And while we're holding on to all of the things that we don't like about ourselves, it's hard to see what we do like about ourselves, right? And this is where we need to be. We need to find our right identity, our perfect self, our right self, and, you know, get into that energy by, you know, what's left over here, if we let go of all of these tendencies we have to hold on to baggage, is that we see our genius, right? We see our brilliance. We see our authentic self and then we can, by making some adaptations in our lives, some adjustments in our energy, we can be who we are designed to be in the world. I hope all this is making sense to you because it's sure To me, it was like, well, how can this be a minor aspect when there's so much baggage loaded into it, so much challenge loaded into it? So I'm elevating. I'm elevating in conjuncts to major aspects and I hope you will see why. Now let's look at another pairing here because we also have an in conjunct going on between the south node of the moon. So south node is our karma, our gifts and our talents of the past and uh, Pallas Athena. She's also engaged here and she represents the spiritual warrior goddess, right? She's the warrior for right. She's the warrior for truth right? Wisdom. And they're in a quincunx or in conjunct with Neptune. Neptune, the planet that really takes us into the watery realm of uh, disillusionment, of nebulousness, of uh, spirit, ether, right? So what we have here, let's look at these. We have this South Node and Pallas Athena sitting in Libra, Libra is an air sign, air, and we have it as cardinal, meaning it's initiating. It is energy that's masculine. It is positive. It is moving outward, right? So Libra, even though it's ruled by the planet Venus, what we consider a um, a sort of feminine planet is very much a masculine or a positive sign. It's pushing out energy. And then Uh, By the way, this is sitting at gate uh, 42, Uh, the south node is, I mean, sorry, not gate 42, 53, which is about starting something new, right? So in in order to start something new, what we have to do is empty out the cup of our genius, of our brilliance, of our talents, of our path of service so that we can move over here into Neptune. And Neptune in Pisces, a sign he rules, by the way, so this, uh, the modern ruler of Pisces. And this is a water sign. And water and air are not complementary elements. We have fire and air are complementary. Water and earth are complementary. So these are not complementary elements. They are not complementary modes of doing things right? In this case, Neptune in Pisces is in mutable territory, mutable change. Let's do something new. Let's change it up. Let's adapt to some other way of doing things. And it's negative energy. So it's negative as in, it is more feminine. It is pushing inward. So the inner spiritual journey in this case versus the pushing out energy, the air energy of ideas um, pushing out uh, at the other end and in conjunct. How do we solve the in conjunct? Well, we have to be able to adjust ourselves, to adjust our thoughts, our actions, and to adapt in, to, in new circumstances, be flexible, right? And compromise in the highest sense of the word compromise, right? Not by giving away of ourselves, not the negative. Uh, aspect of compromise, but the positive aspect, right? Where we are brilliantly consciously making changes within ourselves or within our world uh, to balance out some qualities that are negative and positive in this case. How do we come to the middle? all right So you can see now why an inconjunct can be so powerful. And then when you have two in conjuncts that are linked by a sextile, and that's a whole nother discussion, it becomes a yod. And we've heard of yods before. They're sometimes called the finger of God. There's a planet at the apex point, And it is a very energized um, kind of configuration in a chart. So now that we understand in conjuncts a little bit better, we can go on to talk more about yods at some point here. Uh, okay, so let me go back here. Uh, the, 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 Okay, I don't know what all those comments are. Um, it all looks like a basket. That's probably, you're talking about the whole of the chart, Tom, how it looks like that as a pattern. And uh, let's go on here. What is the gate 45 challenge to the gate 42? The gate 45 challenge to the gate 42. Okay, Pam, I'm not sure what you mean. I didn't talk about the gate 45. So is that related to something in your own chart? Let me know. And um, J- Janet breaks it down. I Hopefully I'm breaking it down in a way that it makes sense to you. Uh, what is the challenge of gate 43? To the gate 42. So, the gate 43, of course, is all about brilliance and genius. And it is energy that is sometimes very um, moving, mobile, moving like thought at the speed of thought. And in a way, sometimes that genius energy defies completing something, right? I have this brilliant insight, this aha moment, and I move in a new direction. But the 42 is actually kind of wanting us to finish something, to complete before we take off in the new direction. So there's, the, there's a challenge between those two gates in that way. And gotcha, Pam. All right. I hope that answers your question. If not, let me know. All right now what was the final thing i wanted to talk about today okay so i'm gonna go i shouldn't have stopped sharing actually um except i needed to see your questions so i'm going to share my screen again because i want to talk about something else to do with the astrology chart um window there we go all right so you guys are seeing this chart again so when i was reading the book uh, on yods um the author, uh, her name, her first name's Karen Hamaker Zontag, I think is how you pronounce it. I'm not so sure, but that's Karen, some three other names, two other names. She was talking about pre 1800s. There was a very powerful way of looking at the relationships between signs, not just planets. It wasn't until uh, Johann Kepler um, began really talking about planets in aspect to one another, that some things changed, right? And, and it, it's very powerful when you think about planets in aspect, because it adds more uh, description and, and, and information to what's going on in the chart. So we definitely needed that. But it caused us to forget that signs are also in relationships with one another and they're a little more fixed because they're always in the same order right we go from aries to taurus to gemini and cancer and on and on right around the wheel so plan uh, the signs excuse me are always in fixed relationships with one another so for example in here we looked at Scorpio, right? Here is Scorpio energy. Scorpio is always going to be in a sextile, a 60 degree relationship with Capricorn. 30 60, right? We have 60 degrees relationship between Scorpio and Capricorn. But if we go the other way, there's also a sextile between Scorpio and Virgo. So a sextile, remember, is a positive relationship between the planets and we see it's also a positive relationship then between the signs. There are aspects of Virgo and Scorpio that get one another, even if they're different in the way they apply it. We see this happening, right? Sextile between these two signs and also the sign Capricorn. Now, if we have a trine, We are always going to have a trine between the planets that might be in, or the sign, let's just talk about the sign first, Scorpio and all of the water signs, right? Scorpio is water, 120 degrees from that is Cancer, also water, and 120 degrees from Cancer to Pisces, water, a trine, and then a trine also from Pisces to um, Scorpio. So we have this fixed notion of elements being in a positive flowing relationship with one another. Now I'm picking on Scorpio, but we could pick on Virgo. We could say, okay, Virgo is an earth sign. And that means it's in a trine with the other earth signs, Taurus and Capricorn. And those three, no matter what planets might fall in them, have an elemental nature that gets itself, gets each other, right? They work the same way. All earth signs are practical, pragmatic. They are, you know, feet on the ground. They might, each one might work a little differently or have different um, ways that it extends itself into the earth or inward from the earth, uh, but they get each other. So in the old days, then any planets like this, all these planets that are in Scorpio are playing well with anything in Cancer. And at this point, there's nothing in Cancer, but the moon is ruling Cancer. So, okay, the moon is there in Scorpio. And anything that finds itself in Pisces, and that right now happens to be Saturn and Neptune. So we would say, elementally, these planets that are in these signs of water get along. They flow. Right, they're flowing because the of the nature of the signs that they're in. Now, let's look at a challenging one. Let's look at a square. Right, uh, when we are uh, looking, let's look at uh, Sagittarius. So Sagittarius is always in a square to Virgo, which is in a square to Gemini, which is in a square to Pisces, which is in a square. Back to Sagittarius. So, if you are experiencing, uh, if you have planets, let's say, in any one of those signs, Gemini, Virgo, Sagittarius, or Pisces, by the elemental nature of the sign, there are problems. There are challenges to overcome. More than just what the planets might tell you that are in those signs, this area of your chart, all of you have this in your chart there's going to be some need to work out ways to understand one another, okay? I hope all this makes sense. It just was like, whew, blew my mind away, right? It, it made me look deeper at all of the relationships of things in my chart. So I looked at my 28 degree uh, sun, but more than that, I just said, okay, it's in Gemini. So how does Gemini flow with the other signs? and with the planets that are there perhaps, right? That would be the next step. So I can see that the Gemini air qualities of myself might have an issue with the Virgo areas of myself, which might have an issue with the Sagittarius parts of myself, which might have an issue with the Pisces parts of myself because you're made up of all 12 signs. All right, I hope all that makes sense. All right everybody that is it i have no idea where the time went this morning it just does this to me goes like flies by fast um i want you all to circle december 14th on your calendars wait is that the right date december 14th on your calendars that is the day that we will do the astrology of 2024 Uh, the webinar will be probably at noon Um, and go until probably 2 30 it's usually a longer webinar and i have yet to put the advertising out for that but be watching for that in your email uh, so that you can sign up to be a participant in the astrology of 2024 and what a year it will be of course um take care everybody much love bye for now do you wish you could better understand yourself and what is going on in the world Well, grab your cup of coffee or tea and join the podcast Living Astrology with Janet Hickox for Astrology, Human Design, and Gene Keys Wisdom, Mondays and Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. Podcasts are available on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and your other favorite outlets.